Hello and welcome to Million Dollar Monday. I'm your host, Greg Mazzello, bringing you real successful people with real useful advice for people with big dreams. I understand big dreams. I turned an investment of $200 and a lot of great advice from some really successful people into my big dream, Proforma, that today is a half billion dollar company. Well, hello and welcome. I am very intrigued by my guest today who has lots of stories, even though he's still a young man, only in his 40s, he has life full of great experiences. He's a serial entrepreneur, starting and exiting four different businesses. He's made some huge mistakes along the way that he's going to share with us. He's done some incredible things right that he's going to share with us, because at the end of the day, Million Dollar Money is about providing great motivation great advice for aspiring and existing entrepreneurs. So please join me in welcoming Chad Agati. Chad, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me here, Greg. All right. So let's kind of start at the big mistake that kind of preceded all of your successes. Let's just start there. Talk to us about that one, Chad, because it really differentiates you from every other guest I've had. Sure. Um, at about 19 years old, um, living in the south side of Chicago, I was uh, incarcerated for distribution of narcotics um, and had the, the joys of spending uh, being sentenced to five years in uh, a federal uh, prison. So it was a, a very, very difficult time, I would say, um, a time where you spent a lot of time reflecting. And quite honestly, uh, for the first part of it, feeling really sorry for myself Um, in things like how do you end up in in jail for selling drugs like this? What is I doing with my life? And then there was one day I was flipping through, feeling really sorry for myself, flipping through a National Geographic magazine. And I saw a photo of a guy in some East Asian country, I really can't remember from the top of my head, but he was naked in stocks. And I was like, okay, I thought my life was bad. (laughs) I could be that guy. And let's figure out what I need to do to stop feeling sorry for myself and change this situation. Um, That was a a very, very, very uh, difficult time. You know, there's a lot of people listening, Chad, And I say, but for the grace of God, many of them, including me, maybe could have spent some time in prison. However, it doesn't really matter whether it's prison with bars. There's a lot of people who, for whatever reason, find themselves in the prison of their own mind, right? They go through painful divorces. Maybe they had difficult childhood. Maybe they were abused, whatever. There's a lot of people that live inside of prisons, whether they're real prisons or prisons in their mind. And breaking out, breaking free, and just realizing there are other people that maybe have it worse and that there's a brilliant path forward um, is a great learning lesson for all of us. So, all right. So, so, so then you get out of prison and then did you go straight on to college? What, what 
what followed? I did. I went to, I went to university okay. and I said, you know, I'm going to, going to put this behind me. This is not going to be the thing that limits my life. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was, it was difficult. You hear, we, you have this big smash to your ego when right. you try to get a job at a gas station and they, you check that box that says, yes, I've been convicted of a felon. So it, it quickly happened. Uh, I was like, okay, I have no choice. I have to be an entrepreneur because I am not going to spend my life living like this. So I, um, I studied, I dedicated my time to becoming the best human being that I could be. Um, studying, exercising, uh, learning my craft. My craft was uh, computer science programming um, and got really, really strong at that. And uh, yeah, after university, I started my first company, uh, an information security company um, that was a little after 9-11, focused on security audits, developing information and data security solutions. And how long did you run that uh, prior to exit? Sure. That company we ran for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually one of our successful exits. I had a partner at the time. Uh, it was a successful exit. So and it, you know, you're riding that high on. I was feeling really, really good about that business, um, which moved into my next business that was a not so successful exit. And I think this would be one of those other big moments where you're like, oh, Man, after the fact, I'm like, I was like, I learned a lot from this. It was like a, a, a pretty big failure. And that's been that one. Um, I probably did everything. There was a voice over IP company, and I probably did everything wrong that someone could do when they're raising money. What kind, um, of, what kind of business was it again? Voice over IP. Okay. Um, so we basically yeah. were, we built a enterprise level voice over IP soft switch. Um, and then again, I learned a lot about, uh, evangelical sales. It's like, this was before voice over IP was very popular. So I had to convince people first buy voice over IP. Then once I convinced them how great voice over IP was buy voice over IP from me. And we were competing at a time with companies like Cisco and, and whatnot. All right. So what were the big lessons you learned? What were the big things that maybe you did right? What were the big things that you learned never to do again? Sure. There is a, a couple of big points. And first, I did everything that you could possibly do wrong in a VC deal. I gave up control of my board. I gave the VCs a, a security interest in all of my intellectual property in the event of a bankruptcy. They had sole right of refusal on our next round. Just about everything one can do wrong. Um, I ended up missing my number by a very small amount. And for the longest time, I was like, this is what. But in the, in the event, they missed my number for a small amount. The VC firm ABC'd the company, an assignment for the benefit of creditors. It's like bankruptcy light. They then, because of that, they got security interest in my intellectual property and they were able to sell my intellectual property off to someone for $30 million. It was a very, very hard lesson learned. For a very long time, I blamed the VC. And then I took a step back and I was like, you know, if I was really uh, missing a number by $10,000 a year, and if I was doing a great job, they probably would have let it go. Let's take another look at myself and what was I doing? And quite frankly, Greg, I was not a nice person. My employees hated me. I just, I didn't carry myself well. I just tried to drive, 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 drive. Because I was like success no matter what. You know, I think a wonderful lesson that you're sort of mentioning here is that everybody that's listening, that's aspiring to be an entrepreneur is going to miss their numbers. And uh, so 
because everybody going into a deal is optimistic. And then the money people, whomever, can be very brilliant about getting you, almost backing you into numbers that they know you're going to miss and setting you, the entrepreneur, up for maxim, taking maximum advantage when and if you do miss a number. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would say as entrepreneurs, you have to be a little bit crazy and a little bit optimistic, right? Like when I say a little bit crazy, you're going to do something. A lot of the times it either hasn't been done before. It's massive amounts of risk in putting that out there. And we have to be optimistic. We have to believe we're going to be successful. All right. So $30 million, did you not get any of it? So you, um, you no, had technology, you had intellectual property worth $30 million and you didn't get any of it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hard lesson learned, right? Ouch, ouch. That would kind of feel like knowing that you won the lottery, but not being able to find that ticket in your pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was not pleasant. No, all right. That actually led to one of those, the next big learning. uh, Oh, good. Please. It was was that point where I ended up feeling sorry for myself Mm -hmm. and blaming a lot of people. Sure. It was like, this is... My VCs did this and this is their fault. And it it, it led me to have a a next big lesson. Like the real big lesson learned is like, look, man, you want to be the boss? You want to be an entrepreneur? This isn't on anyone except for you. And that was a liberating moment, liberating. And I'm going to be honest, terrifying that having that, that there's no one to blame and everything is my fault. That's right. what, What was the third business that you got into? Uh, after that, it was a uh, marketing agency. Ah. Um, and uh, this, I didn't do the, the the sexy New York style or LA style marketing agency. Again, I'm from the south side of Chicago. So I went and worked with mid-market manufacturing and wholesale distribution companies. Um, and my focus was on digital marketing mm-hmm. and inbound marketing, teaching people how to essentially do that. Uh, My sweet spot really was companies that were between that 50 million and $500 million in revenue. And I'll be honest, we just made it so we could hit a home run every single time, right? This is like, we were doing tricks that today probably wouldn't work. Back then, if I was in a high volume e-commerce, it wouldn't work. But with mid-market manufacturing and and WDs, Mm -hmm. it was a home run every single time. Why do you think some of those ideas wouldn't work today? Um, well, some of them, there's the way browsers have worked, have changed a bit. Um, as far as like some of the tracking codes, you see some of this privacy legislation that's changing now, mm-hmm. some of these kind of things. Uh, and there's just so many people that are employing this exact same tactics. Understood. We strip down some of the basics though. A lot of the basics work, right? Answer real questions that real people are asking, give them answers and create value and have a strong CTA. You have to pull them through your, your sales funnels. So some the, the the core concepts they work the techniques they get to adapt them yeah. cta call to action call to action exactly so yeah 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 yeah. so many people forget that it's a huge point you know and you just mentioned three letters but so many people spend so much money or effort on sales calls and uh, uh advertising and social media stuff and yet yeah. there's there's never like a so what do you want me to do like what is the call exactly. to action out of all of this, right? Yeah, I was, I was actually funny. I still advise quite a few people on their digital marketing and inbound uh-huh. marketing. And they'll have like, they'll forget what the page is trying to do. 
And I'm like, your sales page is just trying to sell a sign up. Why are you trying to sell every product and service that you offer? And all you need is a sign up here. So let's keep it focused. Get the sign up. Get it pulled through. Clear call right. for action. Yeah. That's a mistake I've made. I, I'll bet that's a mistake a lot of people make. A lot is of people want to tell want to tell the whole story and sell the whole enchilada, if you will. But wait a minute, you only want people to like sign up for the next step, whatever the next step is. And that's what you got to sell. You got to sell whatever that next step is. That's one of those series of steps of getting people where we want to go. But we don't want to sell where we want people to go when we only want them to just get on the first rung or whatever the rung is. And I, I, I can see that. I can still see that in advertising today, right? People just... Yeah. What's the call yeah. to action and, and, and how do you just market that yeah. call to action? Exactly. All right. So you successfully sold that and then you were on to another. Yeah. Startup. And this is where I'm at right now. Um, we're uh, with a, a, an online seller of uh, cannabis accessories mm-hmm. in the United States, Australia and Europe and of uh, cannabis itself in Canada. Um, and this has been a very interesting ride. I'm going to say that as an entrepreneur, um, some of my exits were, I was never able to vest in peace, as I like to call it. Like, you know, you're waiting out the vesting schedule. I'm like, okay, this is starting to feel like a job. It's time for me to go and I'm going to go do something else. Through this one, I said, you know, I'm going to learn as much as I can. And I've gone through this process of beginning to scale um, into an over $500 million market cap. Uh, and really understanding uh, how does the large corporate world work? How does it, how is working with I, uh, investment bankers? What does that flow like? What is it like having multiple legal counsels and how does that work? How is it to deal with large scale regulatory? And I learned a, quite a bit about this. And I would say being a part of a publicly traded company now is, is a senior executive is very, I, I learned a lot. It's very exciting. Very challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of pieces, parts, more pieces, parts than anything you've probably ever done all at once, right? All of exactly. the juggling that has to be done with all those pieces, parts. I know we want to be a little careful about because it is a publicly held company. So we want to be sensitive to what you're able to say or or, or not able to say. You know, obviously, uh, we talked a little bit about your morning routine, you know, yeah. as, a, as a successful entrepreneur who's been through the ups and downs of life the ups and downs of business. Talk to us about your morning routine and the importance of that routine. Sure. I I like to make sure that I do something um, that's painful or sucks every single day. I like to, I think that we grow the most through suffering. Um, And I like to make myself suffer. So I start my day every single day. I'm out of bed by 3 a.m. I think that's the first opportunity for me to win. When that alarm clock goes off, I'm up. If I sit there and try to like, oh, I'm going to snooze, then I've lost for the day and it messes up my entire day, right? Um, immediately uh, start my training routine. Um, and then after my training routine, I tackle the most difficult task of the day, whatever that may be. And I'm usually able to do that before anybody else is awake right? and getting down, start with the hard things first. Those, that, little bit has actually moved the, my work, my businesses further forward than any other thing that I've ever tried to do. Any quick tip, any, any, any cheat, right? People ask, I need more time in the day. And I say, okay, 
make it. And you can easily make it. Marcus Aurelius did it. Benjamin Franklin did it. Many, many great leaders do it. You want more time in the day? Give yourself more time. Get up early. Yeah. And do that tough thing first. Yeah. Eat the frog. Do the tough thing first. So important. Humongously important, right? Because I, so many people postpone doing the tough thing, no matter what the tough thing is. But that's yeah. not just during the day. It could be during their week. It could be during the month. It could be for really the rest of their life. Right. I, when I talk to people, I say, when you're postponing that tough thing, whatever it is, and, and we all know what it is, um, in my business, a lot of times it's just sales. Sales sucks. And can we all admit it? Like, you know, we talk to all these other people and they make it. It's not. No, sales suck. Being rejected sucks. So let's just get on with it and let's get the yeah. suck part out of the way because what comes after it, the relationships that blossom from it, they're a lot of fun, but they're not going to happen if we don't get through the suck part first, right? Exactly. Because that is really what differentiates at the end of the day. That's what differentiates so many successful people from the people who aren't is getting after the toughest parts. That's exactly it. Like a lot of people do ask, like, what is the secret? How are you able to go from being incarcerated to being so successful? And I just, it's, there's no secret, man. It's grit. It's persistence. It's sticking to it and not giving up. It's being, wanting to work harder than anyone seems, thinks is rational. Just keep going. Yeah. Those are huge words. And I hope that the people that are listening understand because I, I think sometimes people are looking for some kind of magic sauce and, you know, it it doesn't take you long to be scrolling through any kind of social media or any kind of entrepreneurial websites. And there a lot of people want to be selling this, the secret sauce. Yeah. Bottom line is there ain't no secret sauce. No, I, 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 when you're saying that it's reminding me of all the times that I was doing research for my next idea (laughs) as I'm sitting there scrolling through the web like looking at these entrepreneurial quick tips and you're like but this isn't research I'm just wasting time right now just right right. (laughs) just postponing success I say you're just postponing success as soon as you get after the tough stuff the sooner you're gonna achieve success and success you have achieved Chad I am so proud of you to be able to share some of your difficulties at a level so many people don't get that raw and usa today has ranked you as one of the top 10 entrepreneurs to watch and there is no doubt in my mind why now Uh, you're an inspiration i appreciate your spending some time with me chad thank you very much i'm very very grateful